This episode is brought to you by Dare to Dream's first official sponsor, and that is me. Gregory Russell Benedict Coaching is sponsoring this episode. And if you want to start taking consistent action towards your biggest dreams, we need to talk. Research shows that simply telling someone else your goals increases the likelihood that you'll accomplish them by 500%. And coaching is the best method and tool I've found for helping you realize your potential. So if you have a dream and you want to do something about it, visit me at www.gregoryrussellbenedict.com and book a free discovery call with yours truly. Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast. This is a podcast all about challenging you to embark on the adventure of your life. My name is Gregory Russell Benedict. I'm Vincent Van Patten. And we are so grateful for you tuning in with us today. Yes. And we're grateful to be back together. It has been probably about a month and a half since we've recorded our last episode together. And I went on quite the Japanese journey since then. So I had three of my best friends visiting from home come visit Japan. And we went on quite the little adventure. And the kind of the theme for this episode is going to be these kind of serendipitous just experiences that I had on that trip from taking kind of just, you know, one thing was just a bold decision that I took, um, which led to other things. And, uh, you know, it all started I think I'll just take us back to the where it all began, Lego. So Start from so, the beginning. That's right. Take it from the top. Three years ago, we were here and we were on a train sailing above Tokyo Bay. So we're in Tokyo. It was a gray and stormy day. It was beautiful. And at that time, I was just starting to like realize that I want to get into writing and actually, you know, take my writing passion seriously and just even discovering that writing something that I enjoy doing and before that I also really was realizing that travel is like my favorite thing in the world Um, just experiencing a new place and just feeling the vibe of it the energy and kind of feeling the essence of that place and coming to Japan was like the first just major you know decision to get out there in the world and truly see a very unique and special place. So we we all came on that trip together, me and it was nine of us in total, which is insane. We're traveling for a month. And there's this guy here. His name is Adrian Bianco, and he's creative director and kind of the founder of this online digital magazine. But he also is just the creative director of different brands. And he's, he's German and lives here in Tokyo. And... I've been following, we've been following his, his ramen food guide oh, yeah. in Japan <laughs> from Kyoto to Tokyo. And pretty much this guy is kind of a legend of subculture Japan. That's like what his magazine is about. And so ramen and just music and culture. And I had never really like written about that kind of stuff, but it was definitely something I was interested in. And at that time, I don't know if you remember, but we were on that train and I was like, buddy, like I, I think I got like, I want to live here. I think I actually live in Japan. Cause it was getting to the point at like, the end of the trip where I was already st- starting to feel like it's kind of 
sad that we have to go home that the trip was ending and i'm like what if i just like reach out to this guy and just like see if you know maybe i could move to japan to work for him and i did reach out texted him on or like emailed him on the train just like you know told him the whole story the spiel and he didn't have any you know opportunities at the time but ever since then that was the first big step that i took of like okay this is what i truly want this is what i think i want travel the world live in another country and try to be a writer and you know i didn't exactly know what that looked like at the time i still <laughs> still grapple with it on the daily but it's getting a little clearer every day and so the theme of this kind of story is just how in ways you can't really expect the stars are somewhat aligning and i think it really does come from taking bold risks really just going towards you know where your heart tells you to go and off you know often that is a very not misleading but it's not a straightforward path you know, it doesn't tell you exactly what to do this is what you you know you should quit your job because this is what you want to do it's it's very blurry a lot of the time that's like why we started this podcast it's pretty much what i always am writing about it's uh it's hard to know exactly what your heart is telling you to do but i think like what you said on the last episode and just in your you know your year wrap up it's what like how do you feel all the time is it mm. if you're feeling maybe you could speak on that like if you're feeling i want you to speak about that a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah it was something along the lines of how you're feeling is indicative of if you're moving in the right direction. So if you're mm. feeling good and healthy and you have energy and you're happy and excited, you don't need to sweat all the small things. You don't need to ask yourself on a daily basis, like, am I doing enough? Is everything okay? Because the way I thought through that is if you're feeling good, there's so many things under the surface, so many little boxes that need to be checked in order for you to feel good. But if you're feeling good, like, take the pressure off. You're doing great. And it means you're moving in the right direction. There's hope you're progressing towards some sort of goal, or at least uh, you're living the story. You're doing something that's exciting you. Wow. That is awesome. I didn't even, <laughs> yeah, that it's cause that's what it is. It's like underneath the surface, there's these, these things that, you know, aren't clearly defined and, but they are really what make us feel the way we do. I think it is kind of this emergence of, of love that I am hopefully moving towards. And I think when there's a decision to be made, like chasing love or fear, or not chasing, choosing love or fear, or just like, you know, love or negativity. Like I've, for some reason, I've found myself recently, just the negative thoughts, you know, coming back to work and everything, like after this big trip of, oh, this is not what I want to be doing. And the negative thoughts just re-emerging and catching myself and being like, no, like don't let those negative thoughts just like have their way with you. Cause like it's sometimes it's early in the morning, like first thing in the morning when they just overpower you and just cutting them off where they pulling the weeds out before they grow too big and just, you know, overpowering them with, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm doing the right thing. Things will work out and just don't worry. But I love that about, how you feel if you do feel good that is definitely a sign of something's going right even if it isn't clearly defined where you're headed there's something beautiful in store that is that is happening yes i have three things i want to say to that make it four the first oh challenge accepted the first is the <laughs> negative thoughts thing just 
brought up for me something I learned a long time ago. It's from Dr. Daniel Amen, who's a neuroscientist, and he calls them ants, automatic negative thoughts. And he mm. talks about exterminating ants. Like whenever you have an automatic negative thought, you just want to get rid of it right away. Like that's the best thing to do for your brain. You don't want to sit in it. You don't want to ruminate on it. Just negative thought, boom, like get it out of there. Uh, I always like to envision you have this like vacuum type thing. And whenever you have a negative thought, you just get the vacuum out and you just like suck it out of your head. That's number one. Number two, <laughs> the choosing love or fear. You know, I need to say something on that because I, I wrote Please. about that in my newsletter. And that like, obviously that's a huge generalization, but I wrote right. that you only have two choices in life. You can choose love or you can choose fear. And choosing fear looks like not having enough of something, or at least thinking you don't have enough of something. A lot of times for me, that's time. I feel like I don't have enough time. So I'm rushing around or I feel like I don't have enough worth. So I'm questioning, am I doing enough? Am I doing these things right? Whereas if I'm choosing love, I'm showing up full and content and enough. I feel mm -hmm. like I am enough and it always lets me help other people. I'm more patient with people. And whenever I, whenever I find myself like stressed out, I, I find that I'm usually choosing fear and I'm choosing this, this lacking feeling, right? Because if you have enough of everything, if you have enough love, if you have enough money, if you have enough time, you're going to be super kind to people. It's usually when you feel like you don't have enough of one of those that you are choosing fear. And then mm -hmm. the third thing I want to say was this is part one of your story, the train ride in Japan where you reach out to Adrian. And I know that there's a part two that you're going to share that's really exciting and that ties into the theme. But I think one thing to point out is you were living a story worth telling in that moment. We could have been on the train. You could have been like, oh, there's this guy in Tokyo who I love. Like, I want to reach out to him, but I, but I didn't. And it brings me back to, I never can remember. I think it's Naval Ravikant who says it. It's like, live your life as if you are the superhero in a superhero movie. Like you're on the train. You got to do something exciting. No one <laughs> wants to watch the movie where you almost texted the guy and you didn't because you chickened out. And so I just want to come back to that and acknowledge you and say like, you took that step of reaching out, even though there wasn't a position available, even though he was kind about it, but he could have been like a dick. Like you took that risk and mm -hmm. just went for it. And that is what led to everything else that's going to come in the story. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, it was true. I, I mean, I remembered the exact thing. It was like, it was a <laughs> hot train because it was so rainy and cold outside. So it was just like, we all just packed in there. Tons of people just like this rain just like probably sounds more dramatic than it is but just sliding down like the windows i'm just in the back butterflies in my stomach like this is it like i i know this is what and i didn't i had no idea how it, things would pan out i didn't know what direction it would send me in but i'm like this is one step that i could take that will actually make me see in my own eyes that i am worthy of this writing thing that i clearly clearly means something to me and i didn't even know what that really was and still figuring it out but um yeah so i took that chance and then over the years you know obviously we've had different jobs and going through different experiences but i've like i've written about him and i've written about that story like several times and um just like tagged him on instagram and stuff and 
he's always just been like, you know, keep running, man. Like, you know, appreciate it, all that stuff. And slow, you know, a little report there. And so I'll kind of back end that for the moment. And so on this trip, choosing love over fear and just kind of how interesting things will happen when you kind of put yourself out there and just, just kind of be where you are in a sense, like, especially when traveling, like the most important thing I think you could do is just like be there in that experience and talk to people, like talk to people in your vicinity and just really have fun with it. Like that's the most important thing. So we we're in Kanazawa, which is this city on Sea of Japan. It's like a three-hour train ride north of Osaka and very cold, like, you know, <laughs> between sleet and snow. Classic place where people are asking, like, why did you come at this time? Which is our favorite question when traveling. This means you're that's in your, the right place. That's your favorite kind of weather, the in-between sleet and snow and rain. You're the only person I know who thrives in the wet and the cold. It's the best. <laughs> uh yep i love it and yeah it's like being in places where it's like you you're questioned why you're there so and yes so we're there and we met me and morgan were in hokkaido which it was so hokkaido is the northern uh, island in japan very snowy and some of the best snowboarding in the world so me and morgan went there over new year's and it was the best snowboarding of my life it was such an insane trip and there's like also experiences there where it's like how are we meeting these people and it's just from being like just from being kind just from putting yourself out there a little bit and just you know, smiling but on that trip we met uh through a friend this dude who lives in tokyo and he um you know was up in Sapporo, and he told us to go he like saw that i was in kanazawa it's like you gotta go to this bar owned by like two french half french half japanese brothers Fransu and Segi, shout out. We go there and it's just like the sickest bar. These French, I don't know if I've told you, but like French and Japanese is probably the dopest combination of a person. And just like a swag. It's French and Japanese got like so much style there. And so these two epic brothers are running this bar. And just like, you know, it's not like it's, you know, kind of off season so it's not very crowded and we're just like chatting with the bartenders this guy is such a homie and we were wondering how we were going to get to like we wanted to see the sea of japan and somehow get there but like we just heard that it's kind of hard to get to you need to like rent a car it's you know the beaches won't be like very nice and we're just like yeah still like it'd be awesome to see but we had no real idea how it was going to happen but took the advice of the guy to go to this bar and then hitting off with this guy he's like yeah like if you guys want to go surfing tomorrow i could i could take you guys i'm like he didn't even know we surfed and come from california he's like yes that would be insane and like he meets us at our hostel at seven in the morning the next day like picks us up at his like surf van we go like drive out to the sea of japan and like go to his, his like friend's surf shop just rent like the pretty much any board we wanted any wetsuit like hoods uh gloves booties and we all like me pete jack and mo <laughs> it's motley crew and then like segi which is the bartender and this like epic japanese uh surf shop owner slash like just seemed like a fisherman just old man of the sea style legend 
all just going like the surf trip down to the beach, like ripping the van on the sand and had a sick surf session. So a week after snowboarding in Japan, went surfing and I was just like, a, I had no idea how we were going to get there. And of course it was like the, in like the most epic way possible. So that was, that was serendipitous moment. Number one. <laughs> yeah. It all worked out. I love those trips or those excursions where you don't know how you're going to get to where you want to go. You just meet people along the way. Things work out. The magic happens. Oh yeah. I was wild, super fun surfing and just meeting cool people who are just, you know, figuring it out themselves. That's what it's all about. So then we went to next step. This is the big one. We go to Tokyo and just being back in Tokyo was just like quite surreal. Like living in Japan, you know, I'm in Osaka, got a lot of pride here and didn't really have like a real reason to go to Tokyo. Like we weren't even like oh yeah like me and Mo were just talking about like do we even need to go there we've been there it's just the big city and so glad we did because like being back there just brought back so many emotions it's just like the first feelings of coming to Japan like coming to Tokyo so surreal and just like it's such an insane place just you get there and you just feel the the magnitude and the beauty of it and so glad we went and one night we're in Nakamaguro which is like our favorite area that has like the canal running through it. And at the sushi spot, that was, it's pretty, pretty legendary spot. It's like, not like expensive or anything. It's just like very local, like really cool people there. Every, like all the seats are just like one big room and like all the tables are on the floor, tatami mats. We're the only gaijin there. And there's this, this dude comes in and he's wearing a Sabukaru shirt, which is Adrian Bianco's like online magazine. So like a long sleeve, like it's like very niche. Like you would not know what it was. If I I was like trying to figure out if that was actually it. And then he went to the bathroom and I confirmed. I'm like, yep, he's wearing it. That's Showtime. Him. That's him. <laughs> Target acquired. It was, yeah, it wasn't Adrian, but it was like he was wearing the shirt and he's just at this table with like just this pretty intimidating, but like badass table. Like people that clearly were just Tokyo legends. Like, wow, I guess I have to say something. Like, this is it. And pretty nervous. Like, the whole dinner, I'm like, I was going to just wait until we were leaving to say something. Building up the courage. And uh, as we leave, I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. I go up there. It's like, excuse me. I'm like, sorry to interrupt, but no, it's like you're wearing a Sabukuru shirt. And I'm a big fan of Adrian. Like, he was honestly a uh, big reason why I moved to Japan. I'm like, I'm a writer myself and kind of told him the story. And they were just like, taken aback by the fact that I knew Sabukuru and then that I actually came over and said something. And it was just this moment of like, I mean, I walked out of there like shaking a little bit, like, wow, that was, he's the guy was like, he's in the fashion industry. He's like, yeah, I'm a C agent tomorrow. Like I'll, you know, put in a good word. I don't know if he actually said anything or, but got his Instagram. And it was just one of those moments of like going to our, our favorite sushi spot from, the last time we were here and taking a taking a risk of like actually speaking up and just you know i was could have gone different ways it could have been like like they were very nice and could have not been they could have kind of been taken aback that interrupted them or could have done many different things but very nice and like just helpful and it was just an inspiring moment of regardless of how things worked out like it was for me to do that that was 
kind of my moment to, to step up and actually just show some admiration. And, you know, it showed me that I was in the right place at the right time for, for reason. And, uh, things get weirder so I'll, I'll stop for there for the moment <laughs> i just want to say you showed up you did it you accepted the challenge you could have easily walked out of there not saying anything beating yourself up about it for the next 10 years <laughs> <laughs> my life is ruined but you did it yes you did it but oh exactly i think that was choosing love over fear yeah like the love was just you know, it wasn't, it wasn't for, it wasn't to like get a job or anything. Like I wanted to just like tell him that I'm a big fan of like the the magazine and, you know, cool shirt. And that was Adrian's big inspiration. Like the reason I came here and came from actually living here now, like that was pretty much the essence of the, the spiel. And they like really appreciated it. And mom, my mom always says, <laughs> oh boy, like people love just being, like recognized and just shown that you know they're doing something that somebody else appreciates so if you get the chance tell somebody that even though it's like scary and also celebrities all like you know have the impression of they don't like to be approached and stuff just you know be be reasonable about it and show some love i think people do appreciate that for sure yeah and because we're celebrities obviously yeah, we've course. had we've had experiences where people will reach out to us. I mean, just yesterday, I met with this woman. Shout out, Brittany, if you're listening to this. I met with her and how I met her, how I got her contact information was a random phone number sent me. Actually, it might have been through Instagram. Like someone sent me this video message that wasn't meant for me. It was meant for Vinny. And <laughs> that's the first step. Couldn't get a hold of you because you had a Japanese number. And she's like, hey, like. This video is also kind of for you, Greg, but for Vinny as well, because I met Vinny in Portugal. And so anyways, I shared this video with Vinny and it was super inspiring. It was her pretty much just reaching out, being like, hey, I met Vinny. I listened to the podcast. Like, I love what you guys are doing. And I ended up having a call with her yesterday and she's amazing. But why I'm sharing this is even though we're like, it's such a low scale at the beginning of our journey, it is so amazing when people reach out and say like, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. Like, I see you. I, mm. I, it's, it's so, so amazing. hundred percent. Yeah. Just acknowledgement that you're making, making the world a little bit better place. Yeah. In some strange little way. Okay. So what happened next? Yes. So suspense fired up about that. Yeah. <laughs> the next night we were at the hostel and we meet these two Australian dudes, just like funny lads. And, you know, grabbing a couple of drinks with them beforehand. And then we go out to go to dinner and we go to um, golden guy like me. So we split up with the Australians at the hostel. Like we didn't, we didn't go out with them, but just me, Jack, Peter and Mo go to golden guy, which is like the classic, you know, little tiny bars with like three or four seats and they're all piled on, on each other and the famous spot. And there's like, I don't know, probably like, 50 of them just like all in this very enclosed little section. We randomly just like walk past the window to see the two Australian dudes in the window. And we were hanging with them for a while. So we were homies and like, Hey, it's uh, Tom and Casey. And like, should we say something? It's like, yeah, let's say what up. And like, just like go, go in there and say hi. Well, we just like, you know, tap from the window. 
and they're just like so fired up to see us. They call us inside. We go in, and it's like there's no seats whatsoever. But they're with this group of Swedish Swedes, <laughs> a group of Swedish students, and we just like all start hanging out for a while. Um, one of the girls is like speak studying Japanese and um, just like very obviously fluent and. After like a couple hours being there, like, oh, we should go to this like small little club nearby. Not really a club, but like bar, club, music vibe. And we had no idea, you know, what it was or even where we were going, but we all tag along. We go there and we're waiting in line, <laughs> about to go in. And lo and behold, who pops his head like out of the window, but Adrian Bianco himself. And he's like, you guys. Get in here right now. Like, fill up the dance floor. Like, oh my, me and Morgan just look at each other because it was kind of like for both of us, this whole path of like, you know, finding out about his his ramen map from like back in the day. And then slowly, like I just kind of found my way into the Sabrukaru space, which is the magazine, and started reading his articles and stuff. Just been like following him for years, but it all started like a friend of a friend recommended this ramen map and then seeing his face <laughs> pop out of the window and call us inside we just look at each other and just like couldn't just had no words we're just like that's adrian all right that and then we go in there and it's like him and his german cohort and pretty much i think like one of his friends was um like djing and you know he's just like the, the ringleader of this group it's like not like very crouched it's like very spacious pretty much the ideal place like spacious everyone's having a great time great music not like a tokyo crazy you know discotheque that you might be imagining but like just cool small spot and we just partied with adrian <laughs> and like he was you know he was having a great time i didn't want to like pour out my heart i was like okay just you know just have fun with them don't even have to say anything but just being here in his presence like knowing that the night before I, you know, took that risk and said something. You just never know. You never know what, how the universe lined things up in such a way that I had to meet the Australians, to meet the Swedes, to take us to this bar. And there he was. And we partied with him and just like tagged him on Instagram. And he's just like, great meeting you. And I think I'll pull off from the story there, but it was something that was really powerful that he said he's pretty much like the godfather of this like space and um so everyone's like at the, at the music scene and we're just kind of listening to what he had to say when he was like saying something we're all huddled around outside and he's like giving life advice it's like you know like the world is pretty much going down like it's it's not easy right now and everybody's up in arms but all we could really do is be show love and be the best person that you could be for the in the five meters around you like if you pretty much choose love over fear like where you are in that current moment like you're making the world a better place and i think that hit home because you know as for us we don't know where our paths are headed these big you know we have these huge questions that we're constantly asking but that's kind of just looking down on this whole experience if you just put yourself like, where am I today? Where am I right now? What am I doing? How can I make the world a better place in the five meters around me? 
that's that's it and you will find wow. your way wow doing that i love that it's so powerful and i love that you tied the choosing love over fear back into it beautifully done my friend thank you sir i think that is the theme here <laughs> that is insane that <laughs> you met someone wearing the brand the shirt the night before and mm. then the night after you meet the man himself and you have to meet the australians to the swedes <laughs> to take you to the club to see him and i googled it while you were sharing the story there's 14 million people in tokyo 14 million <laughs> people and yet you were able to find him it insane was, it's unbelievable yeah that's like what makes me think that you know still i'm not like reaching out and like asking for a job or anything but like it makes me believe that the path is leading somewhere and it has been step after step of choosing love of following my heart over you know of backing down because of fear and i think as long as we keep doing that i mean things gotta make sense they gotta make sense someday and they already are it's not like it's not like things suck right now like life is amazing it's absolutely unbelievable the people are meeting the journey that we're on this adventure it is so damn beautiful to be able to have my friends come visit and like be living in japan doing a job where i'm actually learning something and i'm challenged and working on something that <laughs> matters to me is truly a blessing so i'll say so that as good. well <laughs> yeah one of the things i'm really trying to remind myself of in 2023 is that i'm exactly where i need to be and i'm growing in the right direction things are happening how they're supposed to my morning mantra is everything is unfolding exactly as it's supposed to. My only task mm. today is to enjoy myself while spreading love, inspiration, and kindness. That's beautiful. I love that visual of like spreading <laughs> kindness and love in the five meters around you. That's it. That's it. Especially with the age of social media and everything. It's I'm trying, I'm honestly like taking it pretty seriously to like really inspire people on Instagram and like, you know, even if that not just like fake fluff, but like last night I was feeling kind of just this wave of emotion flow through me, like coming up from work. It was an interesting day, which I'll explain. But um, yeah, just feeling like, you know, back in this flow of like working again and it's the challenge and facing it. But all I could really do is just keep going and keep enjoying it. And I wrote just like, you know, put some words down and post it on Instagram, just like this story that, you know, kind of see, kind of see the faults in ourselves. Like it's basically the backstory of this is I had like a, one of the main educators that like come and like watch one of my classes because just it's pretty much like the students took a survey at the end of the year and some were like dissatisfied about certain things. And I had like a talk with the school director. I thought I was doing great. Like, of course, like we're always laughing in the class and stuff. I'm like, oh, like they love me. And things are going swimmingly. Too much laughter, maybe. And uh, I get, you know, you just never know what other people are thinking and going through. And part of me wanted to take it personally. Like I definitely did at first. Like, oh man, do I suck at this? Like I'm doing something wrong. Not, I'm going to get fired and sent, get back on the boat, go home. But, <laughs> yeah, I hope you I, made I hope you made the whole thing about your worth as a person. I did. Sure did. Questioning everything. That's <laughs> the best way to go. Exactly. 
But I thought about the four agreements and two out of the four being take nothing personally and do your best. I'm like, I am, for the most part, doing my best. I think I am. You know, there obviously are days where things, other things are going on. And, but like today, I will do my best. Like all I could do is be the best I could be right now. So I'm going to take these next few classes and really give it everything I got. And, uh, kind of, you know, who, who cares what happens? Like it's so many other things happening with other people. And, you know, if you do your best and you don't take it personally, that's it that's, that's it. it that's that's it do your best and it's not about it's really not about you like and we had like a great class like yesterday just like laughing and smiling so basically i wrote this story of like you know i i see myself as just my faults like i took it personally and i was like oh this is everything i'm doing wrong but someone else might see me just like as i am and i saw it as like making somebody smile as a success for me. And even though there's like these criteria and like things are supposed to be doing on the surface, especially with like a teaching English job where you're supposed to be hitting certain things and moving through like the workflow, like the whole class was like laughing, having a good time. And like, they were just speaking in English and that's like, you know, maybe I'm a little <laughs> unorthodox, but I think that's the reason we're there. And even if, even if I wasn't, you know, hitting all the marks and doing a perfect job. It comes back to what you're saying. Underneath the surface, something good is happening if the class is laughing and we're on the same page in some way. So that was the second lesson of like just coming back to that and coming home, feeling these things and wanting to inspire people like through social media because I'm going to try to tie it all together here. Please uh, come do it. Land the plane. <laughs> Land the plane. <laughs> inspire people on social media not with like fake fluff of you know pretty much with this is what i'm actually going through too and a mindset shift of i was feeling down and faulting myself and everything but just trying to change a mindset of it's it's uh it's choosing love like it the essence of that of the story that i wrote was like you know success was making somebody else smile so what i was saying to land the plane even further with bianca was like in the age of social media and everything that we could get so kind of disconnected and obviously we've talked about this a lot before but if you think about who you are as a person it doesn't matter who you are social media how other people see you if you can be good where you are you know try your best with people around you doesn't have to be striking up every conversation with a stranger, but even just a smile, you'll be okay. Mm. I think Something along those lines. I think that's I think that's where we leave it with the little addition that thank goodness you are inspiring people on social media, so I don't have to because yeah, Instagram. Me and Instagram are not getting along. They don't have the best relationship. <laughs> Taking a break. <laughs> seeing other people yes well i think that will do it for today i love the the storytelling do you have anything else you're giving me the uh, eyes like you want to say something else no no that's that was pretty much it yeah doing the best you could be don't worry about the rest seriously Choose it is i think it really can be that simple 
if you do your best and you don't think and you don't take things personally, it's like, what else can you do? You can worry about all the things you can't control, but that's not going to help. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I think so much of success and happiness and all those buzzwords are, (laughs) I think all of so many, so much of that happens in spite of ourselves, not because we're necessarily doing the right things to be successful. It's like we manage to be successful, even though we're shooting ourselves in the foot and worrying about all these (laughs) things and beating ourselves up all the, all the bad things. It's true. It's true. It's not easy being human, but I think, you know, getting down boots on the ground, being good to the people around you and being grateful for the little things, being grateful for the little things. Like my first day back at work, which is a beautiful sunny day. And I was like, wow, I'm still in Japan. And my friends went home, except Morgan, shout out, because he's still traveling the world. But I was like, I'm still here. And this was my dream. A quick little last little tidbit. So we're in Tokyo, me and Morgan, the other guys had left, walking back from Akihabara, like rainy day. And it was the day before coming home. Or we were coming home that day. So it's day before working. And like my you know, we're both just kind of walking in silence and we have our clear umbrellas up, just classic Tokyo. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about like work that week and everything. It's kind of negative thoughts, kind of getting dreary. Like, ah, I do not want to go back. And, and Morgan just looked at me like, dude, I cannot believe we're in Tokyo. I'm like, wow, that's why we're best friends. Like he, he'd already been there for a month. We've been in Tokyo for five days, had this crazy experience, but we came here three years ago and it was such a dream at that time to take such a leap and like go to such a wild place that was just like so far-fetched and seemed improbable but and then that just kind of put it on perspective like wow that thing else really matters you you've taken the steps you're here just like experience this enjoy it and things will be okay and the next day i'm there at work like before class and just sunny day and just feeling the warmth of the sun. I'm like, wow, this is, this is great. I'm here. This is it. This is it, baby. Thank you to everyone for tuning in with us today. As always, we're so grateful and we love you guys so much. <laughs>